Bible this morning. Glad that you're here. Did you have a good holiday? Did you, hello, did you go home for your holiday? Good, fantastic. Well, I, I, I did something that, uh, you know, I love to do. I traveled, and it's fun to travel, and many of you traveled. Um, I, I've been to Africa a lot with students, with you all, but I've never just been on vacation, like just for just for the heck of it. And so I took my wife and, well, I, I didn't take my wife. My wife and I went together um, with our two-year-old son, Siler, and we went to Ghana for the Thanksgiving holiday, which seems just awkward and odd. But let me tell you what was great about that is that when we were there, um, I, and I don't say this lightly, and I'm not just uh, blowing smoke here. I'm dead serious. When we were there over this break, um, really worship just surrounded us. Just the, the 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 waves of the ocean screamed of God, and the rest that we had screamed of how much God longs for us to just be in that place. And I hope that that's what you experienced as well. Um, I know that some of you have tumultuous times when you go home and when you're with what you consider family or friends. But I hope that as you spent some time with them, that maybe you saw the communal nature of God. Or I hope that when you ate food, that you saw the provision of God. I hope that as you rested, you rested in the peace of God and you sensed the peace of God. And I know some of you probably that's very cognizant and thought for you. You're like, yeah, I was very aware. I'm very thankful for all that God has been in my life. And for some of you, you may say, you know, Ryan, I, I just lived it. I didn't really uh, make any philosophical or theological conclusions based upon my thanksgiving, but I just lived it. And that's okay, too. But maybe we think back over that. Um, I do want you to know that this morning in chapel will be no different. This morning in chapel will be a moment to worship and a moment to rest and just to be. But our guest today is someone who I came across about three or four years ago as I was planning a worship conference, and I was specifically trying to create some, some content based upon creativity in worship, and I came across these worship videos, and the, the star of the worship videos was this unbelievably amazing young woman named Amina Brown, and as I began to, to watch the videos, I was led in worship in a new and different way, and she's not going to come out and play an instrument, and she's not going to come out and sing. She's going to come out and share poetry, share her life through the spoken word. And for me, when I first experienced it, it was quite an amazing event. And I hope that for you today in chapel, it's an amazing event as well. Before I finish introducing her, let's just say a quick word of prayer this morning. Jesus, we are thankful to be in your presence. God, speak to us today through the spoken word. Amen. Amina Brown is a graduate of Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and she is also a graduate of Judson High School in San Antonio, Texas, if any of you are from there. There we go. We got one person from there. Fantastic. And she comes, she's a native Texan, but also lives in Atlanta now, and she comes to us today from there and is here to share with you uh, something that she's been doing for many years um, in sharing Christ through the spoken word. So welcome with me to Baylor Chapel, Amina Brown. He is here, right here in this room, in your heart. He is near, nearer than breath heartbeat, nearer than you are to you, closer than second chance or next opportunity, closer than tonight or yesterday. He is real, realer than touch, see, hear, smell, or taste, realer than reality. He is our reality, realer than joy, pain, sorrow, or the love of being in love. He is present like space 
wind, time, silence, night. He is waiting like creation, like words on the tip of tongue, like songs that have yet to be sung. He is beauty in oranges, blues, every hue, every shade, sunset and sunrise. Whisper his name. He is holy cannot be touched, explained, like sweet seconds of prayer, like grandmother on knees, wood floor bare, he is old hymns, the extending of limbs, stretched across trees, stripes to heal disease, he is sun, distinctly three, distinctly one, the only one, the only wise, the only resurrector of lives, he is king, and no earthly throne can house, no amounts of elegant words can espouse, he is moments and voice, power of choice in word and deed in fruit and seed nailed hands nailed feet innocent wounds that bleed he is believed he is all he is call and purpose everything that we can sacrifice he is worth it and more much more our good deeds are mere pennies we'll never even the score he is behold and wow he is who what when why how he's the one who puts on this show he's the one we come to see he is souls cry and sinners plea he is the epitome that no one glider can to a cometh in a million foot pole of he is above he is a father's love maker of ways of earth and wind ancient of days has no fear have no fear god is here hey y'all good morning Y'all look a little bit more awake than uh, the crew I had earlier. They were in here like, I would like ask them like, oh, so, you know, oh, first of all, who in here went to Justin High School? Is there somebody here? No one? Who knew about it? Who knew about the Rockets though? Oh, okay, I got a couple takers over here. Okay, great. Go Rockets. I don't even know how they're doing now. I don't even follow it, but you know, red, red and gray, red and gray. All right, um, I'm very happy to be here. I actually graduated from Spelman College, as uh, he was telling you earlier, and we had something like chapel, but it was not cool, like how this is, like in the theater space. Ours was in like our chapel, and it had like the big pipe organs, and we had this lady who like never ages. Like I think she's probably like 120 years old, but she just like, you keep looking back to like 1955, and she looks the same. She played on the organ over there. There were all these people up on the podium, you know, so I was like, gosh, is it going to be like that? But that's cool. It's not. We're here together. Hopefully, you'll stay awake. And if you don't, I'm sure they have a video or something <laughs> that you can watch later. <laughs> all right. So how many of you have heard spoken word poetry before? A few people? Okay. A few people. Uh, for those of you that haven't, spoken word is poetry. Um, it is just more written to be performed instead of just written to be read. If you're familiar with Brave New Voices, if you've ever watched that Poetry Jam or BET's Lyric Cafe, uh, all of that is spoken word. So I'm going to do some of that stuff. I'll probably do some slam poetry later on, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, this next piece I'm going to do is actually inspired by the first chapter of the book of John. Has anybody read this? Just me. Okay. So... Um, so there's this book called the Bible, and it has four, the beginning of the New Testament, there are four uh, books of the Bible that are called the Gospels, right? Some of you know this, you just didn't want to say it, so I'll do it, it's fine, I'll go over it. So yeah, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John's one, that's kind of like my favorite. So the, the story uh, that's in the Gospels is, of course, to tell the story of Jesus, how did this guy come about? How did he get this following? What happened to him? His life story thing. And so when I first read the first part of John, I mean, maybe I have, you know, a big imagination, whatever. 
when I first read it, I kind of thought John sounded like a rapper. Maybe like he was an MC or something, at least a spoken word poet, at least, you know. Anybody think that? No. <laughs> In the back, she was like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. So I'm just going to tell you a few of the verses in the beginning so that you'll maybe get why I was, you know, trying to go that way. And then I'm going to tell you all these other thoughts that came to me later, you know, that made it interesting for me. So this is the reason why I thought John might be a lyricist of some sort, because he opens up this story. Now, those of you that may have read this, if you haven't, you know, you can check it out. I love the message translation. That's my vote if you're uh, looking for one to read. That's my favorite one. And you can do this at BibleGateway.com. Look at me shouting out these URLs for you. Okay, so yeah. So the writers of the four Gospels, right? Yeah, like Matthew and Luke, they kind of told the story more from like its chronological order, you know, and who Jesus' granddaddy was. And they tell you all the generations back, right? Well, John doesn't start with that. He kind of starts you off like, right in the thick of things, you know, right when things are, you know, popping off as far as people really discovering, like, who Jesus is. Okay, so he opens up with this. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made, and him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness. But the darkness cannot recognize it. The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't even notice. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Even in his own land and among his own people, he wasn't wanted, but to those who believed him, to those who accepted him, to those who believed he was how he claimed and would do what he said, he gave the right to become children of God. Still just me? I mean, didn't it sound a little, I mean, really? It sound a little hip-hop? No one's following. All right, so I thought it sounded hip-hop, which led me to some other thoughts. Then I started thinking, yo, what would it have been like, right, if Jesus and the disciples were all hip-hop and they were all, like, MCs and producers and, and lyricists, right? And, and maybe some of them were West Coast so they had maybe like, okay, maybe they had Jerry Curls or whatever, like back in the 90s, okay? And then some of them were East Coast MCs, and some of them were Midwest, some of them were down South, right? And they all had like baggy jeans, no skinny jeans. They all had baggy jeans, you know, they did wear belts, whatever. They weren't like down here baggy jeans. I'm just saying. It's my dream. So they had on the baggy jeans, Tim's, locks, you know? And I was like, what if you could tell some of the story of Jesus through like some hip hop language, what would that be? So this was my try at it, you know, inspired by John, the apostle and the MC. Everyone ready? A little bit? Okay, all right, some of you are asleep, it's cool. I, I have to, you know how like, you know, everybody talks about karma or in, in the Bible, this you reap what you sow. I'm sure I went to several convocations, you know, I went to sleep on the speaker. I don't even remember who's talking. So I have to read what I saw now. Some of y'all are asleep right now, and I just have to take it. <laughs> Deserve it. Slept through those people. Slept through that scientist talking about whatever they were talking about. I don't remember any of it. All right, so yeah, here is this piece. It's my hip-hop take on the story of the gospel. Jesus came in the brand of his own name, wearing swaddling clothes, love, mercy, and a manger. 
Three wise men discovered him, and they had no idea. They were leading the world to worship him. He told the angels to hold it down. Decided he was going down to a small town called Bethlehem to grow and consume the stomach of a virgin whose womb would birth the man that would save the earth, the man who would give me my worth. He did more in three years than most of us do in 30. He fed 5,000 with two fish, five loaves. He told 51 stories to save millions of souls. He mentored 12 disciples to be betrayed by one, denied by one, doubted by one. He was the one to take on all of our mistakes, plus the weight of all of our secret known sin, plus the weight of a 110-pound cross that was after they beat him, slapped him, lashed him. He paid the cost. I'm trying to tell you about this cat named Jesus who has all the answers, trying to think of a way to describe him to you because he was a man. He is God, came to this earth, lived, died, then he lived again. This one man started this revolution called Christianity, which has now been watered down to Bible token T-shirt, wearing a keychain to say, what would Jesus do? I think if Jesus had walked the earth in our time, I think the source or vibe would have landed his post-resurrection interview and the cover would say, real life after death. That's more than Tupac or Biggie could do. As all eyes would be on him. And they treat him like Diddy, asking him, so what is the secret to your success? He'd tell him it's just one word, death. Death on the cross. Life after death and love, yes. He would have talked about love because he has this way of looking into your eyes and knowing your whole life story without you even saying a word because that's just the type of cool cat he is. And that's what I've been trying to tell you. He is. He didn't just come to speak, prophesy, and die. He's the only one who looked death in the face, told death, holler back, and moved on without another thought. Truth is, I want you to know him. The sweeter truth is he wants to know you too. Jesus Christ is the true spoken word. So has anyone in here ever heard of slam poetry? few people okay so if you haven't i'll give you that crash course and scene slam poetry is the competitive side of spoken word or performance poetry you do have to compete with original work only your original work should be below three minutes if it is above three minutes and 10 seconds you will have points deducted from your score as a time penalty five judges are chosen out of the audience randomly could be poetry connoisseurs could be joe blow that just walked up never been to a slam before they judge you on an Olympic scale, zero to 10, with one decimal point. If you win, you could win money. Or you could win a spot on a team to compete nationally. Or you yourself can go on to compete nationally for your city. So it's a very cool thing. I actually got a chance to uh, compete on a team from Atlanta, the Java Monkey Slam team in 2008. So the next couple of pieces that I do will actually be some slam pieces so that you'll see kind of um, how poetry can be used to communicate different messages that way. So this first one actually is called True Story, and this is about my journey uh, breaking away from religion. Anybody here grew up in church? Have a few people? A few people. I grew up in church, too, and uh, my friends and I talked. You know, I have some friends, you know, they grew up, they grew up, like, street. They grew up on the hood, you know, so if we're, like, downtown or we're out somewhere, and, like, they see, like, a hustler walk by, like, they know he's hustling because they've seen many hustlers before, you know, whereas I might, you know, it took me a while. I mean, now I know a hustler, but, you know, at first I'd be like, what's going on? I just lived in my little suburban life. I don't know. But I tell them, okay, so I didn't grow up street. You know, I grew up in the suburbs for most of my life. So I don't, I may not have known a hustler at first when they would walk by, but I grew up in church most of my life. 
so I can spot a hypocrite when I see one because I've been one too, you know? So for me, I think, you know, just this journey, you know, that we're all in of like your 20s, you're figuring out like, okay, what do I want to be? And do I want to be this thing that my parents or the people at church may have preached to me or whatever? Like, do I really want to live that life? What's that going to cost me? Like all of these things. And I think for me, it was a lot of breaking away from just doing things for the sake of doing them and trying to figure out like, is this thing with Jesus real? Do I want to do that with my life? And what is that going to mean? And I've been in church a long time and I took a break and just not a break from God, but a break from the busyness, a break from the routine and just, just doing it because it looks good, doing it because that's what everybody expects of you. And I learned a lot. I made a lot of new friends, some friends that believe like me, and they taught me a lot of things. I met some friends who did not believe like me, and they taught me a lot of things and could tell me, like, when I was being ridiculous, you know? So this poem is kind of chronicling what that journey was for me, and maybe some of you are in that place. Uh, faith is an interesting thing. It's, it's a big gamble, uh, whichever faith you're in. And at some point, you have to come to this place where you follow was real and for me I did discover in the end that Jesus is real but some of that stuff I was doing unnecessary and not real and that God wants me to be honest he wants me to be myself and be who I am and not pretend to be anything because someone would expect that of me does that make sense yeah sleep that's cool all right so here's this piece it's called true story the poem you are about to see has been formatted to fit your brain screens. Character names and games have been chained to protect the innocent and the guilty. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the true story of one poet picked to stand behind a mic to find out what happens when you stop being religious and start getting real. See, this is my real world, and you may think you know, but you have no idea. So let this poem be the pages of my diary, because I'm about to share my secrets. Brothers and sisters, lend me your ears, and if you have some, lend me your tears. Listen in on the fears of an ex-religious fanatic who was like a recovering addict, just trying to stay clean. But my religious routine kept leaving me feeling filthy like dirty magazines just call me Jacob cause I walked with that limp but don't call me out of my name though I was mentality pimp see I was living in a bubble kinda like kinda like the dice in the game trouble and if this is the game of life I tried to play my cards right but you got to play the hand you were dealt right came to a fork in the road and took the hard right towards freedom. I was on my way to the Emerald City trying to find the courage to have a heart and use my brain. So with Toto and Toe, I followed the yellow brick road only to discover everything that glitters ain't gold. I figured nobody would believe I had to leave church for a time to save my soul. See, I worshipped God, the institution, because I didn't have enough mental constitution. And this is about more than yielding to a building or pimping the spirit for one more good feeling. Narrow is the way, and so was my mind. I like to get high. As long as it was high and mighty. And I wanted to tell the truth. As long as it meant I was holier than you thought I knew him because I wore his t-shirt 
and hung with his crew, even had the keychain that said, what would Jesus do? But I didn't know what Jesus knew. See, Jesus knew that freedom is as simple as taking in a breath. He knew that if I found him, I would find myself, because if you strip religion naked, all you're left with is pride and tradition. It was my way of creating my own highway to heaven, as if God wasn't nearer to me than the sound of my voice. And I want to know God. I want to know the sound of his voice, because if you listen he speaks in the sway of trees and I don't want to miss a single word he has to say this is the true story of one poet picked to stand behind a mic to find out what happens when you stop being religious and start getting real so yeah that was an interesting time for me and it was difficult it was hard but it was good because I think I think it's good when sometimes the things that we believe are challenged and we're forced to ask ourselves those questions and to figure out what you believe you know nobody can stand there and take account for your life but you and so I think even though that was hard I'm glad I did it that way I can say if I follow God I follow God because I want to not because it's what people think not because it's what they expect me to do because that's the life I want to live and I think God wants that you know, he wants you to follow him because you want to. That's why he gave all of us the ability to choose, you know. So I was going to do one more slam poem. I was going to see if we could try um, singing together. <sighs> Every time I do this, I get scared. First of all, because I don't really sing like that, you know. I mean, I hold a note, but that's all I do with it. I just hold it. I don't really sing. But it's going to help, you know, segue into this poem. So I'm going to try it. It's an experiment, and y'all might totally play me. <sighs> I'm going to take a risk with you, okay? So this next poem, which is a poem that I've also um, slammed with, is about music. Anybody love music in here? Got some music lovers in the building? Okay, okay. So this poem is about music and about how music is a big exchange, you know? Like, I can think of all these people that I met, some of them I never even talked to. I don't talk to them now, but they told me about a band or they told me about an artist and now I listen to that artist because, you know, they told me about it. You know, like you date the person and like they love Nickelback and you're like, I would never listen to that. And like y'all broke up, you don't even talk to them anymore, but you still got their CDs. <laughs> you kept them, didn't you? Happens, you know, CDs, DVDs, you know, why give them back? I'm just saying. So, there's a line in this poem about a song that we're going to try to sing together. We're going to see who knows it in here. You might not know it. I hope you do, because if not, then I'm playing. I'm up here singing alone, and no one wants that. You don't want that. You want it to be like a choir. We're all together. Okay. So, there's a line in the poem about this guy named Daniel that I met when I was in the sixth grade. Tall, tall guy, uh, brown hair. He was cute, too. I wish I knew his last name, because I'm sure he's on Facebook like everyone that you ever went to school with, all the way back to, like, third grade or whatever is on Facebook. I don't remember his last name, so I can't find him. But he would always, you know, he was always in trouble in sixth grade, and this is when there was recess. And so we would all get to play, and he would be punished by having to stand on that wall where you watch everyone else play, but you don't get to play. And I didn't really like our school or the people there, so I would go talk to him instead of playing with the kids. And he would always say, you got to love, you got to learn this song. This is one of my favorite songs. Go watch the video on MTV and blah, blah, blah. And I still know the words to this song. It was the first rock song I ever learned. 
because of Daniel, which is an interesting thing about music that I never saw him after sixth grade, but I still remember the words because of him. Okay, we're going to try to sing it together. Ah, it's tricky. You going to try it? You guys think you might know it? All right. I'm probably going to get my air guitar on up here. I just wanted to warn y'all. If you want to do it, you can do it at your seat too, but I just wanted to warn you, like, it might go down up here. Okay. Here goes. This, here's the words to the song here. I'm going to sing it. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, city of angels. Lonely as I am, together we cry. Anybody remember this? Remember right here? Yeah? Uh-huh. Got some drums over there? Okay, and then there's like a second verse that I never remember. So I normally like fast forward and just get to the, and I don't never want to feel. You remember that? Like I did that day. So take me to the place I love. Oh, now you know it. Okay. Take me all the way, and I don't ever want to feel. And I'm in a room like this. Like I did that day. So take me to the place I love. Take me all the way. Yeah. Y'all remember this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, y'all did all right. Kind of left me out there by myself, though. It's cool. There were like five of you that knew it, though. So y'all can clap for them. Not for yourself. For the five people that knew it. (laughs) All right, so here is this poem. This poem is called uh, In the Key of G. And now you'll remember the line about Daniel when it comes. And if you don't know this song, that song is by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What's it called? Who knows? Under the Bridge. Good work. If you don't know it, that's what YouTube's for. That's my tip for today. All right, so here's this piece in the key of G. I was born of tambourine and hand clap. Foot stomp on old wooden church floors. I learned to love a sound that came straight from James Brown, but not the godfather of soul. I'm talking about James Brown, my father, whose soul is earth, wind, and fire, whose eyes are shining stars for me to see, earphones bigger than six-month-old me, placed around these little ears so I could hear a slice of what my life could truly be. My grandma used to say, Yo, daddy can play piano by ear, which meant his heart could hear what his fingers could interpret. See, his mother taught him to play in the key of G. And he passed that blessing on to me. But no matter how many times old Miss Patterson reminded me to practice, I just couldn't focus on the keys. So I left the piano notes alone. I picked up a pen and a microphone. I learned to live by ear, listening to the bass, blasting from my $200 boombox like ripples of water to the floor of my bedroom. And the only keys I pressed were record and play. So I captured my favorite song off the radio. This poem's for the quiet storm for the request line. For the first time, I understood the magnitude of shh, don't talk, just listen, for my first real date. How he slow danced to all my life with his hands around my waist. For the old holiness hymn as my grandmother taught me. For my mind buying me the boy's first LP when I believed Hakeem would marry me. This poem is for Trey, who taught me that black thought called me a queen named Amina. This is for my college roommate, who lent me six of Coltrane's greatest hits. I never did give her back that CD. This poem is for Daniel with the brown freckles who sang me the words under the bridge. See, one day I'm going to have kids. And they're going to look up at me and say, Mommy, where do samples come from? 
And I want to sit them down. I want to tell them the truth that real music can be the special dance that instruments and lyrics do. And one day, baby, you'll find somebody special. You'll do that dance too. Because I want them to listen to Coltrane in the womb. I want them to know that a 45 is more than a loaded weapon, that needles and records go perfect together. And maybe in life, I'll only get my 16 bars. But I hope my eyes are shining stars for them to see. Because I want to teach them how to live by ear and play in the key of G. Thank you. All right, I think I'm gonna do two more poems and then I'll let you all go, or for those of you that are asleep, I'll let you wake up. <laughs> all right, so, um, gosh, I think I'll, this next piece I'm gonna do is called uh, Betting It All. And I actually was like, had this idea in my head that any of you that are creatives or artistic people, you know, you got like this big idea in your head and it takes like forever to get it, you know, out and finished. And so I was thinking about this because I was thinking in life, a lot of the things that are so worth it take you giving everything, even though you're not sure you're going to get back, you know, what you're getting or what you're putting in rather. And sometimes you end up giving everything to something that wasn't worth it. And how every moment in life, every decision, every fork in the road is this way of you having to weigh the cost of what you're doing. And I think faith is a big gamble. And so I kind of thought about it, like, what if faith is like a casino? What if life is like a casino? And that's where I came up with this piece, um, betting it all. Dear God, I pray and close these eyes, not these dice. I pray to win. Like last penny, itching to scratch a million out of one last dollar. Like the difference between 10 seconds, 10 yards, and a touchdown. Like dropping coins into slot machine wishing wells. All the world's a casino. All the men and women are merely gamblers, placing bets, counting chips, calculating risks. And these little bitty arms have tried their hand at boxing with God. Arms never long enough. Mind never smart enough to outfox him because he knows exactly what to do to get me to honestly pray him. Where I forget the cliches and all the stuff I say to make up for my lack of faith and trust when I ain't got nothing else to give except giving up. It's tough to lay your oh so visible life into seemingly invisible hands but at some point we all end up in the place where Abraham had to stand offering only hopes with little to no hope of what we think we stand to lose but the amazing thing about God is he never takes away our ability to choose See, I've stood at many forks in the road, put my life on hold, barring with God for a compromise, trying to minimize my sacrifice, hoping if maybe I raise him a Sunday morning, he won't see my Friday night. But ain't no betting with God unless you betting it all, heart, mind, body, soul. So most times I fold. With every lie, the stakes get high until I'm in over my head in a debt I'll never repay. Until this humble hustler asks the dealer to deal him in, says if he wins this hand, all debts are on him. But we don't believe him. He looks too new to the scene like he never cashed in a chip, never smelled the scent of newly minted green, but he just smiles and holds his cards close to the chest, says, focus on hearts and let the rest worry about itself. See, he came to pay debt with death so I could see him face to face. And when it was time to pay up, Jesus stood in my place. And that's how I know there's more to grace than bowing heads or praying over meals. See, there's not how much good we can do. 
God just wants us to yield. These little bitty arms have tried their hand at boxing with God. And now this heart wants to take a chance at betting it all. So this is going to be uh, my last piece with you guys. Oh, I forgot to give my stay in touch with me thing, so I got to tell you that now. So whatever internet thing you're on, I'm on there too. If you do want to stay in touch with me, I am on Facebook.com slash Amina Brown. My name is spelled amen with an A on the end, A-M-E-N-A Brown. I am on Twitter if you do that thing, Amina B-E-E. I'm on MySpace if anyone still checks it. Takes 20 minutes for it to load. You probably accepted all your Facebook friends by the time it pulled up, but it's cool. If you're on there, I'm on there too. I would love to stay in touch with you guys. It's been great being here with you all. Uh, this last piece I'm going to do is uh, simply called You. And this is actually one of the first pieces that I wrote as like a prayer to God. And I snuck into this songwriting workshop that Matt Redman was doing. And any of you that listen to um, worship music, uh, Matt Redman wrote a song called Heart of Worship. He's written many songs. And so went to his workshop thing, even though I don't write songs. I was like, let me see what he's talking about. Maybe he'll say something that, you know, will be helpful to me. And he said, if you're an artist, you should try writing something or creating something that's all about God. And he said, I call myself a worship songwriter. And I realized that most of the songs I've written are still about me. And I was like, okay, I think I want to try that. And so this piece was my try. And I still don't think I really completed it, you know, but this piece is my try at writing something that's all about God. And when I talk to God, like, I don't want to say that same old stuff. Just like if you, like, love someone, you don't want to hear that same old stuff from them. Like, you want to hear something fresh, something different. And God is that amazing that you could come up with something new to say about him, like, every second and never run out of stuff to say. And so I wanted to say something to him that I mean, that's honest, uh, that isn't just some old cliches I heard some other people say. So here was um, my try at that, and then um, we'll let you guys get out of here. You find me. When I'm hiding behind all my disguises, you see me. It takes you to keep me breathing. You are heart, passion, vision. You send me and bring me close, 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 so close to when you look at me. You see you. You are heavenly. My present and future destiny, you are father, creator, sustainer, life changer, pride breaker. You are the same yesterday, now, and forever. You are pleasure, worth, reason, present in every season. You are worship, devotion. You are the reason for all my commotion. You are the one that I pray to. You can tell that I'm nothing without you. So awesome that I can even pray to you about you, to know you, to sense you, to believe you more, to love you more, to obey you more, to give you more of my heart. God, search me, know me, see me, examine me, test me, watch me, love me, break in on me, be my reality, sustain me, decrease me, decrease me, decrease me, till there's no me left, only you. Only you are light, are true, are you, are hope, are joy, are strength, are escape, rescue, safe. You are peace, you are belief, you are advance and retreat of what, to what, to whom can we compare you? You are my all things new, you are my place of refuge, my fortress, my rest, my creativity and the strength of your words to me. You are my ability to see, hear, 
feel, move, live, breathe, be. You are life and death all at the same time. You are friend, believer, savior, redeemer. You are the truth. You transcend old age and youth. You are timeless, priceless, lightness in darkness, greatness, goodness, sinless. And in a mess like my life, you see righteousness. You leave me speechless. You alone are God. Just so you know, as you leave today, Amina has CDs in the back that are um, some of her spoken word as well. Let's stand together and receive the benediction. The poet is one who sees and then one who says. So I hope that you will live this week with your eyes wide open. Have a great day.